Good evening. Uh, We're going to read from the book of Joshua, the whole of chapter one. Uh, So grab your Bibles if you want to, or it's up on the screen as well. Chapter one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So, Joshua ordered the officers and the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites and Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord our God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, what a privilege it is to hear your word read uh, aloud publicly and to have this chance to uh, to think about it together. We pray that you would be with us, that by your spirit you'd be lighting the words on the page and applying them to our hearts. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to start by reading um, just a a few paragraphs from um, this this book here. You may have uh, seen what it was. You uh, may well uh, guess what it is if you didn't straight away. But let me uh, read this. I'm not going to put on an accent, but it goes like this. Do you remember the Shire, Mr. Frodo? It will be spring soon and the orchids will be in blossom. And the birds will be nesting in the hazel thicket. They'll be sowing the summer barley in the lower fields and eating the first of the strawberries with cream. Do you remember the taste of strawberries? No, Sam. I can't recall the taste of food, nor the sound of water, nor the touch of grass. That's a quote from the book. Actually, that's a quote from the film, but it's very similar in the, in the book. The Lord of the Rings, uh, The Return of the King. But you don't need to have read the book or seen the film to realize that these two characters, Frodo and Sam, aren't in a good place. In the, the darkest of moments at the top of Mount Doom, two hobbits console themselves with thoughts of home. They're on a journey, a long, difficult journey, which uh, finally, after many twists and turns through all sorts of surprises and hardships and times of joy and and times of great fear and utter despair. Finally, the journey will take them home. Back to the Shire, where the orchards will be in blossom. And tonight we're rejoining Joshua and God's people as they camp uh, just before the Jordan and they, they look into the distance at home, at the promised land. The promised land. I don't, I don't know if we fully get uh, this idea. This is the place where, where they belong. The land they've been given by their father. This is home. And as Christians, we need to think about this. Because as Christians, actually, that, that's, that's us. In many ways, we're in this world. We live here, we're part of it, we're in uh, this world, but the Bible says it's not our home, our final home. And sometimes the the great things about this world can distract us from from that fact, uh, and maybe more often the wearying things can turn our eyes away from it, and we can lose sight of home. The Bible talks about heaven, the new creation, the picture of home the Bible gives us. We can lose sight of it. And so let's look at chapter one of Joshua and and let's dig down into it and see what it says about home. Uh, I uh, watched uh, online the, the service from last week, and Don gave us a, a great overview of, of Joshua uh, with that challenge. Are we ready to cross the Jordan? And now we're going to dig down into this chapter and, and see what uh, is said about that. The Lord speaks to Joshua. That's how the book starts. And says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people... Get ready to cross the River Jordan. 
This is the first thing that God does to, to install Joshua as the new leader. Uh, we've heard that, that uh, uh, you know, starts straight off with after Moses had died, after Moses uh, died. We're, we're, we're leaving the, the kind of era of Moses as the leader and, and, and God is installing a new leader in Joshua. And uh, he says, Joshua, get ready to go into the land that I'm about to give you as I promised Moses. And then he uses this great phrase, I will give you every place where you set your foot. And at first, it sounds like they can sort of claim parts of the land by running and, and sort of placing their feet like a, a some sort of promised land trolley dash, you know, 30 seconds to touch as, as much of the land to claim it. But But no, God's given them the land, but he's saying, you're going to have to go there. You're going to have to step out and go to this land that I've given you. Joshua, I've given you this land, but you're going to have to go there. You have to step out in faith. And it's trust in action, isn't it? And as you go to every place your foot, uh, sorry, as you go every place you set your foot, my promise will unfold. Joshua is treated to this uh, astounding reaffirmation, if you like, of, of God's promise to his people. Uh, back from, from Genesis 12, uh, with God's covenant with, with Abraham, uh, the Lord reaffirms it with Joshua. No one, he says, will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you, echoing, I will be your God and you will be my people. Uh, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is what you need to hear, isn't it? From, from above, if you're, if you're being asked to step up to do something. Maybe you've got uh, good examples of that, that that you've seen. Maybe uh, at work, um, you've been uh, given a responsibility or, or a task. Uh, and you've been told by, by the boss or whoever's given you that, that role, I'll be with you. I'll be in your corner. Maybe that's something that you've done for someone else. Uh, you know, I can see you're nervous. I can see you're, you're worried about this, but I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. Or maybe you've had the opposite experience and just felt abandoned in a task or, or, or by, by friends or, or by everyone. Well, we can see how important it is here that Joshua is hearing this from God, can't we? This is God installing Joshua as the new leader, um, as our Bible titles the chapter. And he's not quite fully installed yet. We're about 50% at this point. And uh, for the next part, God says, I want you to remember three things, Joshua. Three things, and these three things all begin with B. Because God is, uh, you know, likes the three-point uh, Anglican sermon, doesn't he? Three things all begin with B. Uh, first one, verse 6, be strong and courageous, Joshua. Joshua needs to be strong. He needs to find courage, but not from within, not kind of search for the hero inside yourself. It's, it's not finding inner strength. No, that courage comes from everything that God has promised Joshua that he's just reaffirmed. His strength is rooted and grounded in God's promise. So verse six, first one, be strong and courageous. Second thing, beginning with B, verse 7. You can see it if you've got your Bibles open there. Be strong and very courageous. And finally, the third thing, beginning with B, 
Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do we get the feeling that the Lord wants Joshua to know that in him he can be strong and courageous? It's repeated three times and every time there's something added there, isn't there? Verse 6, you can be strong and courageous because I've sworn this land to you. The battle is mine. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous as you walk in my way. And you need to do that carefully. You need to obey my law. You need to know the scripture. It needs to always be on your lips. You need to meditate on it day and night. And verse 9, you can be strong and courageous because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Strength and courage, strength and courage, strength and courage. And that is Joshua's installation. And then as Lizzie read to us, he springs into action. And in faith, he he calls everyone to get their provisions ready. And in three days, they're going to cross the Jordan River and come into the promised land. And as the Israelites are, are fixing their eyes on the land, making preparations to finally finish this uh, journey, we sort of get a little aside. Joshua's first potentially tricky leadership action. Because if you've ever been in any sort of leadership role, you'll know that sometimes there are things that need to be handled really carefully. And this is, is potentially one of those because there are, there are some of the tribes, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh who have already got their land. We heard it in the reading. Moses gave them their land east of the Jordan. They don't need to cross it to be in the land. They're already there. And what's used is, is this wonderful word, rest. You have your rest. It's a great word to... to to think about uh, a bit longer because in Hebrew it's not just oh I could do with a rest and a cup of tea although of course you know tea has sort of amazing properties to help us rest uh, of course but uh, no the, the word rest here is used uh, when when the ark finally comes to rest on the mountain when the floods subside it's the, it's the word that Isaiah records when he's told that the spirit of the Lord will rest on the promised one. It's the word that on the seventh day, when the work of creation is finished, it's the word that's used of God. He rested. And Joshua says to these tribes, you have your rest. You have your home. We started with the Lord of the Rings. We're going to move to the Hobbit. Um, And that's because Tolkien really gets this idea of home and rest. There's a great scene in the the film, The Hobbit, and uh, I'm not sure if it's quoted exactly like this in the book, but but Tolkien really nails this idea of home and rest. Uh, Don't worry if you don't know the film or the book. Um, It doesn't matter, but uh, there are some dwarves. And they're on a quest to regain their homeland, and uh, they've taken with them the main character, Bilbo Baggins. And, and they're not sure, all of them, that he was the right choice to come on this quest to, to reclaim their, their homeland. And they think he wants to turn around and go home. And, and he says to them, I know you doubt me. I know you always have. And you're right. I often think of Bag End 
I miss my books, I miss my armchair, I miss my garden. See, that's where I belong. That's home. And that's why I came. Because you don't have one, a home. It was taken from you. And I will help you take it back if I can. And as Joshua speaks to these tribes who are settled and have their home, their rest, this side of the Jordan, he says the same thing, doesn't he? You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you. It's a beautiful moment, really, of of, uh, strategic leadership in action, but also of of, uh, bringing these tribes together, bringing God's people together. He's drawing them together and he's leading them, stepping out in courage and in the strength of the Lord towards their rest, their home. And then we get their response. In fact, it's not just the response of those uh, other tribes. It, it's, it's the response of all the people together. Joshua's been talking to them all. Uh, he says, go and get the provisions ready. We're going to cross the Jordan. Then he talks specifically to these tribes. And, then, and they respond together. Joshua says, we're going to cross the Jordan. You and the other tribes, you're going to come and help us. And looking at what faces them on the other side of the river, you know, before they get to their rest, it must have seemed crazy to them. It would have been so easy for them to, to say, to, well, do that thing that we, we do when someone shares an idea with us and we sort of don't think it's going to work and we sort of say, huh, whatever you say, have you heard that? Have you done it? Maybe. Most of us have thought it at some point. That's not going to work. I wouldn't have done it that way. It's like a get-out clause that we give ourselves, isn't it? We can, we can keep uh, distanced from the decision. We wash our hands of it, but, but sort of secretly. And uh, we sort of say, if, if that's your plan, well, whatever you say. I think it can be a real problem for, for us. I mean, we see it in, in amusing situations on the TV. The apprentice should be renamed whatever you say because it's full of people saying, I'm going to back you 110% and then saying exactly the opposite in the camera interviews. But we see it on the national and global stage as well, don't we? It's often how most of us talk about our, our leaders. And it can happen in churches. We're all susceptible It could be a huge problem because it makes us step back and grumble rather than step up and support. And yet, despite all that faces them across the Jordan, despite the the mighty warriors that they've been told about, they don't, or that they will meet, they don't say, okay, whatever you say. No, they answer, Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Friends, it's a, it's a great little sub-application, isn't it? For a church waiting for and praying for a, a, a new vicar, whoever that will be. What an amazing and challenging application to take away today. Can we commit to them? As God's people committed 
to Joshua, knowing that this process has been steeped in prayer, knowing that uh, God's will be done, uh, and therefore saying when they arrive, we will follow where you lead us. And of course there are clauses here. The people say, we'll obey you, Joshua. Uh, Only may the Lord God be with you. See, they're not ultimately obeying Joshua, they're obeying God. They're not ultimately uh, submitting to Joshua, they're submitting to the Lord. They're saying, we accept that God has appointed you, Joshua. We believe his promise that he's with you, and so we will follow you. It's easy to to listen to plans that are shared uh, with us and say, whatever you say, good luck with that, and distance ourselves. It's worth saying of course, as we read out the whole passage, that uh, a new minister or indeed any of your leadership team at BH might find it slightly worrying if you perhaps wrote them an encouraging card which included verse 18. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you command them will be put to death. (laughs) Wonderfully, we have a different structure for dealing with conflict in the church now. But it's a great application to be able to encourage your leaders, isn't it? Saying, we're behind you. We're with you on this journey, wherever God takes this church. And then right at the end of the chapter, the the people add the most wonderful line. I think they'd been uh, overhearing uh, the the three-point sermon that God gave to Joshua and picked up on it because Joshua's been appointed, installed by God. The people have pledged their obedience to him under the Lord. And they say, whatever you say we'll do as we obeyed Moses, so we'll obey you. Only be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Because there's something else in here, isn't there, that we need to see, that we need to take away as we're thinking of how we apply this to ourselves. Because every page here, every page of the Old Testament is pointing beyond itself. Every account is pointing forward. Every character is is a foreshadow. Joshua is God's appointed leader here and leads the people through the waters of the Jordan. And as he does, our eyes should be straining into the distance to see Jesus. God's appointed king who who stepped down to lead his people to freedom from sin through death and burst out the other side to pave the way, no, to be the way that we can be brought to the God who loves us, brought home. This journey, life, is, is hard and, 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 and always uh, can be. I don't know what it is for you that might threaten to, to make your eyes lose sight of the hope that we have. Stress at work. Worries about family, mounting debt, or just looking at the world around us and all that's happening. We need to know that Jesus lives our lives with us. That we have a a, a leader who we can trust and we need to lift our eyes. See, near the end of the, uh, uh, the book 
back to where we started at the return of the king. Near the end, uh, just after Frodo destroys the ring, he says this, I can see the Shire, the Brandywine River bag end, the lights in the party tree. He has this picture of home in his heart. Do you remember the Shire, Mr. Frodo? Let me echo that. Do you remember the new creation, Christian? Do you remember we're journeying home? In his strength, let's lift our eyes there. And as we do, be strong and courageous. It's repeated four times. And pray for your leaders to be strong and courageous. And know that we have a saviour who goes before us and calls us into his rest. Let's pray. Father God, as we hear these words from Joshua 1, and as a, a church that continue through this book, this account of God's people, we pray you'll continue to speak to us. We pray that you would give us eyes to, to be lifted and to, to see that hope that we have and that picture of home. And to know that you are with us as individuals, as a church, as your people. In Jesus' name we thank you. And by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.